Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about loyalty. Having a good relationship with yourself requires loyalty. But why is loyalty essential in loving yourself and having a good relationship with yourself? And the answer to that is to truly love yourself, to truly have a good relationship with yourself, you have to be loyal to yourself, whether you are at your best or if you're at your worst. So this means standing by yourself even if you disappoint yourself. It could mean things didn't go your way. And are you going to blame yourself and say, this is your fault, this is what you always do? You have no one else to blame but yourself. This is what's wrong with you. Those are all examples of not being loyal to yourself. When you criticize yourself, when you reject yourself, there are so many opportunities to be disloyal, to practice self-rejection. And I've used this example before, but I want to go back to the image of you as two people. (laughs) You and the projection of yourself. And the easiest way to imagine this is if you had a friend, and if your friend did something they weren't proud of, or that they made a mistake, not necessarily that they hurt you, though maybe they could, would you tell them they were the most terrible, awful creature on the face of the planet? Or would you say, only loving and kind things? Would your response be, yeah, that was a mistake, but I still care about you, I still think that you can do better, I still think that you are wonderful and beautiful, I still want to be here with you. I'm still going to keep cheering you on. I still want amazing things and a bright future for you. This mistake does not define you. It's just something that happened. And you have the choice to try again. Are you going to be that person for yourself? Are you going to be loyal to yourself in those ways? Because there are many, many tests to loyalty to ourselves. When other people criticize you, that's a test of the loyalty. Are you going to accept the things that they say about you? You know, if you don't get angry when others mistreat you, if you instead internalize the terrible things they say to you, then you're not being loyal to yourself. You're not choosing your own well-being and happiness over the opinions of others. And I don't say that as a judgment. I simply just want to draw your attention to the idea that maybe you are not loyal to yourself and that that is hurting your relationship with yourself. And that maybe you can look at the ways that you are disloyal to yourself if that's something that you're struggling with. Do you let other people's opinions hurt your relationship with yourself? Or do you love yourself just as you are? When you fall short of your own expectations, which is another test to loyalty, do you punish yourself? Do you reject yourself? Do you use it as ammo or fire to berate yourself, to beat yourself down? Or do you use it as an opportunity to get stronger, to forge a deeper bond? Can you honestly say, you know, I'm not proud of what just happened there, but I do know that I'm still a good person. I do know that I still deserve to be loved and respected. 
and I know that I have a chance to try again, and maybe I'll do better next time. Maybe I'll get better at this with practice. And can you still have your love and affection for yourself even when you're not at your best? Because it took me a really long time to learn that. That loving myself at my worst was just as important, if not more important, than loving myself when I was doing everything right, when everything was going the way I wanted it to. If things go wrong, if you don't like something about yourself or your life, that is the most important time to be loyal to yourself. Think about it. Think about the best friend that you have, your most avid supporter. Hopefully everyone in their life has someone like this. I'm aware that some of us don't. There was a long period of time in my life when I didn't exactly have anyone in my corner, which is probably one of the reasons why I struggled so long to understand this idea of loyalty. But just imagine that things really are bad, either because of circumstances out of your control or because of a mistake you made. But if someone showed up for you then, if they came to your deathbed or they showed up at the final hour, even if they only came to bring you kind words or maybe cupcakes, whatever it was, if that person showed up for you and you thought, wow, they're a good friend, you feel that way because they showed up for you when things were bad. They showed up for you when things were not pretty. They didn't just love you when things were going great, when you were doing everything right. They showed up and loved you even when things were terrible. And that speaks to your connection. But you can have the same connection with yourself. You can show up for yourself even when things are awful. You can be the person who's there for you, who's saying the kind words, who's doing the kind things. And that means in this instance, being gentle with yourself, taking good care of yourself, affirming yourself, pouring as much love and gentleness into your own well-being as you would someone else who was suffering. If you were trying to show up for someone else, do no less for yourself than you would for them. Because loyalty definitely means being there when things are bad. And recommitting to yourself again and again, even when you screw up. Making those promises again to yourself that no matter what happens, you will be there. And you can do this by affirming. You can look in the mirror and say, no matter what happens, I will be there for you. No matter what happens, you will always have me. And I've done this. I've done this a lot over the years. In fact, that's exactly where I had to start because, again, I didn't have many people in my life that I felt that I could count on when I was younger. And while it's wonderful to make great connections with people in this life, to find your tribe, to find the people who love you and who champion you and fight for you, but the reality is the only person you really have, the only person you're guaranteed to have is yourself. And here we can see a connection to inner child recovery work. If, like me, you have a history of abandonment or disappointment, you might need to do some active recovery work here with your inner child. Because who doesn't trust you? Who do you not have loyalty with? And the answer is often that kid version of you. The one that was mistreated. The one that was left behind. The one that was overlooked and neglected and abused by the adults around them. So if your situation is similar to mine, it's possible that your parents and your caregivers just weren't there for you. They certainly were not loyal to you. They were loyal to their own problems, to their own issues. They were wrapped up in their own lives. And if that's the case, it's very possible that you never learned what loyalty was. And you certainly don't know how to be loyal to you, to you yourself. Because no one modeled that behavior. No one showed you what it looks like to show up for someone. And so if you need to do some inner child recovery work, if you think these feelings of abandonment or disloyalty stem farther back, 
than just say last week. But even if it was just last week, I challenge you to ask yourself, did it really start last week? (laughs) Or is this something that's been going on for a while? And if that's true, there are many things you can do. There are the affirmations I mentioned, but there's also journaling. And the lead into for these journals is simply asking yourself certain questions. You might write at the top of your page, who abandoned me, and see where that gets you. Write out all the instances where you felt like somebody wasn't there for you, when someone who was supposed to show up didn't show up. It doesn't have to be when someone literally walked away from you, which does happen, as we all know. It can also be emotional abandonment or mental abandonment. There are unfortunately lots of ways to not be there for someone. (laughs) So you'll have to look at your own list and figure out when those instances were for you. So comb through your history, comb through your experiences, and answer the question, who abandoned me? Whether that be physical, mental, emotional. And then also do a list of when have I abandoned myself? Like when could you have really used a friend or a bit of love, but you didn't show up even for yourself? And this exercise is not meant to depress you. (laughs) (laughs) But it is meant to give you a really clear sense of where you are right now. Because we can only get better if we realize what we're dealing with, if we can clearly see what's going on. And so I encourage you to take this slow. If you're someone who has a lot of abandonment or neglect issues in your past, this might need to be done over time. You don't have to go hard on it right away and re-traumatize yourself. Just do a little bit, maybe revisit just one memory a week until you get it all out. But just start thinking about this idea of when people weren't there for you, including when you weren't there for yourself. And personally, this was really hard for me because when I started doing this work, when I started asking myself these questions of who had abandoned me, it was actually pretty easy for me to outline all the terrible times in which someone didn't show up. There were the times when people went off to jail or when they disappeared for weeks on end. There were certainly those times. But there were also the emotional neglect times when I really needed someone, but instead of someone showing up for me, like my father, instead of him being like, don't worry about it, we're going to take care of this, I've got you. Instead of very affirming, loving, loyal language, he was like, very critical, this is your fault, you're always like your mother, this is why you get into these situations, because you're as useless as she is, so on and so forth. And so it was a terrible exercise. (laughs) But it was easier for me to identify the instances in which my heart had been broken or I had been left out in the cold by the people in my life. It was much harder for me to look at the times that I had abandoned myself. Again, I caution you to go through this slowly because it can be really painful. So for example, I had several toxic romantic relationships in my late teens, early 20s, and I would do things against myself to please other people. So now maybe either I did something I didn't want to do or went somewhere I didn't feel safe or didn't speak up for myself. Any of these instances where I felt like I had to cater to the needs of someone else rather than my own, that is disloyalty because I should be my number one concern, my number one priority. Again, using this doubling example, if there were two of me and we were best friends, if my best friend was like, I really want to go hang out with this person and I'm really into them, but they, you want me to go to this like drug den and I don't feel safe. My job as best friend is be like, um, do not go to the drug den. <laughs> we are leaving now, right? That should be my loyal reaction because I care about their well-being. And there are just many times in my life when I was not that friend to myself. 
I did not talk sense to myself or try to protect myself. I hurt myself instead of practicing loving kindness. And so it can be painful to go through your memories and think about the times that you abandoned yourself when you chose other people over your own happiness. And because of that, there might be some mistrust between you and the little version of you that you carry inside you. And so what I did, one of the things that I did to try to work with abandoned Corey, little Corey, is I did this meditation in which I imagined myself at all these different ages. In this meditation, in this visualization exercise, I'm holding newborn Corey, and then I've got two-year-old Corey and three-year-old Corey, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I've got the angry, gothic teen Corey, and then I've got the depressed, bulimic, early 20s Corey, self-harm Corey. And I just keep going up through the ages, and I keep telling her that I'm there. I'm here for you. I will always be here for you. I'm so sorry I wasn't here before. That was my fault. That was not your fault. I promise I will always be here going forward. You will always have me here to look after you, to take care of you, to love you. And I just did that until there was parts of me that started to relax. And it's really hard to explain. If you don't have any experience with that, it's hard to articulate it because it's it's almost inevitable. It's something that is felt rather than, than seen or experienced. So it's, it's difficult to articulate it to another person. But there will be physical relaxation in your body, but also a bit of relaxation in the mind. It feels like trust. Maybe you don't know what, (laughs) maybe you don't know what feeling trust for someone is. It's, it's hard, but it does build up over time if you just keep showing up and telling this person what you need to hear. But more importantly, when instances come up in your day-to-day life, you have to choose you or you have to at least try to choose you until it becomes habitual. It's very possible that the first few times you get put in situations, especially if you have a long history of being disloyal to yourself, it's not uncommon to not choose you instinctually. You have to learn that as a habit. And just be very forgiving of yourself, of any of the times that you might have screwed up or let yourself down or abandoned yourself. Don't make it worse by punishing yourself for those mistakes. It was really easy for me to beat myself up because that was a pattern I had learned from my father. And so, of course, when I started realizing that I was not loyal to myself, that I was doing a lot of the same things to myself that my abusers had done, my instinct was, God, see, I'm such a terrible person. Like, I can't get anything right. Don't do that (laughs) because that's still disloyalty. We have to work on changing this habitual pattern of self-rejection replacing the criticism with honesty, with loving kindness, with just speaking truth to yourself. So I might say something like, yeah, I did that and I'm not proud of it and I'm very sorry and I'm going to try again. Next time we get in this situation, I'm going to do my best. And if I screw up, I'm going to apologize again, but I'm going to work really hard not to do it and just keep recommitting to myself every chance that I get until my new habit becomes loyalty rather than disloyalty. Because trust isn't automatic. You know, little Corey isn't always going to believe that I'm there for her. Even to this day, I still struggle with that sometimes, where I can feel a part of me pulling back in certain situations. Like maybe I'm in a situation where I need a really firm boundary, and I feel hesitant to do that because I don't want to be too aggressive or unkind with another person. You know, I feel this part of me contract, that feels like 
the little wounded Corey, little Corey. And I know that it's that part of me that's expecting me to not choose me to go with someone else. She's expecting some form of rejection. And so if I can catch myself, if I can catch my loyalty slipping, I do my best to reroute the conversation, reaffirm her, do whatever I need to do to make sure that on all levels, mental, emotional, physical, I feel as though I am loyal to myself, to my needs, to my well-being. But if there's a situation, if it's a high-pressure situation and I make a mistake and I didn't make the right choice, I try not to beat myself up. I just say, okay, I didn't get it right that time, but I am still committed to turning this around and I will try again the next time I get. And unfortunately, (laughs) or fortunately, depending how you want to look at it, the world will continue to give you all the opportunities you need to practice this. Don't worry. You don't have to go looking for opportunities to practice loyalty to yourself. There are opportunities to be disloyal to yourself almost every minute of every day, it feels like sometimes in these situations. So fear not, you will have plenty of opportunities to practice and get good at this. And I also just want to make a quick comment on making sure that you're not giving undue loyalty to others, because there is this connection between loyalty and boundaries, because that's where a lot of the pressure comes from this pressure to abandon yourself in order to please other people, to win the affection and love of other people. Those are all opportunities to be disloyal, and they're very tempting opportunities, right? I don't know any of us who can completely resist that without the slightest bit of hesitation. But to remain loyal to you, to your needs and your dreams, you're going to have to prioritize your own love and affection for yourself. The only person you need to please is you. The only person you need to make happy is you. So never let any situation or person pressure you into giving up on yourself. Okay, dear human, that is all I have for you today. This brief introduction into loyalty and what it means to be loyal and loving to yourself. And before I sign off, I'd like to remind you that I have opened up the show to questions. So if you have a specific question or situation you want me to offer my thoughts on or a topic you'd like me to explore on the show, you can email me at cory at coryamshum.com. That email will be in the show notes of this episode. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.